Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, Happy Hour with Victabulous. It is another beautiful Friday. I hope you guys had a great and fun Memorial Day weekend. And hopefully you guys were able to go out and enjoy, you know, them opening the restaurants and, you know, of course, the beaches, although you can't really sit and relax. You just got to keep moving on the beaches. But still, hopefully you guys were able to just get out and enjoy the beautiful weather that we had. Um, So just a bit of a recap for last week's episode. Uh, We did a movie review and discussion on Atomic Blonde starring Charlie Theron and James McAvoy. So hopefully you guys were able to listen to that episode. If not, no worries. The episode is still there. Uh, Take your time. Um, But also be sure to watch the movie. It is really, really good. I can't express how good it is enough. Um, But also, you know, make sure you check out the soundtrack because it's got just the the greatest, like, probably one of the best, like, hand-picked cluster of, like, music on one soundtrack that just goes with that era of where the movie takes place. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, today's special episode review and discussion is going to be a movie review on three movies, a trilogy. It's going to do be on Underworld, Underworld Evolution, and Underworld Rise of the Lycans. Um, I know there are a few other, like two other sequels that they've done since then, but honestly, I wasn't really much of a fan of the last two. I feel like either the the three movies were enough to, you know, it was just, it was just good. These three movies were great together because they all tied into one. And by the third movie, which was Underworld Rise of the Lycans, which is more like a prequel than a sequel, it really tied everything together. Whereas these, the last two sequels that they did really didn't. You kind of just got lost on, okay, so now Celine is with child her and Michael a kid and Michael's not even in the fourth one like he is but it's more so like in flashbacks and even the actor who plays Michael Scott Speedman he was like he didn't want to come back just to play or not have as much like on screen time as he did in the first two underworld movies which makes sense it's like what, what what's the point you know and you can see, obviously, that they used somebody else. And not really a well-known actor, but, you know, you definitely know it's not the actor who plays Michael. Which is kind of disappointing, but at the same time, you have to respect his decision for not wanting to come back to do, like, two scenes that probably only last, like, two minutes and that's it. So, that kind of lost me because they didn't have bring him back. You know, of all the ways that they could have tried to tie him in, you know, and keep him as one of the main characters in the movie, you would have thought they would have tried a little bit harder to change the storyline so that way he was, you know, in the movie majority of the time, just as much as Celine, you know, played by Kate Beckinsale. And then the fifth one, it didn't even have her daughter in it. Like, I liked the girl who played her daughter in the fourth one, but... Then again, it's like you kind of got lost again. Okay, so her daughters ran away because they had like a falling out. But it's just, it was just kind of, they were just really 
grasping at straws to try to just put out another another movie. So this is why I chose to just stick to the original three. And uh, let me know what you guys think of the what you guys thought of the fourth and fifth sequel. You know, maybe there's just the storyline. I'm just not understanding it, how it ties into the other three. But it just seems like its own kind of like a second part of but it's not connected to the first three. I don't know. That's just my take on it, but you guys are more than welcome to, you know, state your opinion, tell me what you think, you know, if you're if you're in agreement with me or if not, that's the whole point of this discussion. So, again, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, send me an email, and yeah, so we can discuss this further. And today's episode is being fueled by Celerosa's Red Wine. It's one of my favorite, probably like my only favorite brand of red wine because it's got, it's more like of a, des- a dessert wine. It's, it's really good. It's sweet. I can't handle the dry wine too much or the, 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 what is it called? What's that word? Brute or dry? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not much of a wine drinker. Stella Rosa is the only one that I drink. But I decided to make that my drink of choice this episode because, you know, it's dark and it's red and it's kind of, you know, can make it pretend that it's blood. So, yeah, Uh, there was this one drink that I or vodka. Let's just put it there, like to be more specific, when me and my husband were first dating, he got me because he knew how like much into vampires I, I, I was like how much of a fan I was to that genre that he found this vodka in Bevmo and it's uh it's like a red colored vodka obviously to make it look like blood and but it was just very thick kind of syrupy but not so much like that just it was just like the texture the texture the texture to give it that blood-like thickness, you know? Um, so I haven't had that vodka in a while, but if you guys are ever in Bevmo and you come across it, it's very, you know, vamp- vampiric, vampire-like-esque looking. I think it even has the word vampire in it. I can't remember the name, but like I said, it was a vodka that I drank, um when me and my husband were first uh, dating, which it was 10 years ago. So it was, it's been a while. Um, but yeah, so if you haven't tried Stella Rosa and you're not much of a wine drinker because of you don't like the dry or the bitterness of regular uh, red wine, definitely try this out. It's really, really good. And it comes in different flavors, like just completely you got options when it comes and it's not just red wine they have white wine as well so I highly recommend it and with that that being said let's get into today's movie review and discussion starting with the movie that started it all Underworld came out in 2003 starring Kate Beckinsale as Celine Scott Speedman as Michael and Michael Sheen as Lucian. So there's a little bit of background kind of as part of the intro into the movie. 
So 1,400 years ago, vampires had decided that the best way to ensure the survival of their species was for three elders, Victor, Marcus, and Amelia, to leapfrog through time, one ruling while the other two slept, each being awakened at their appointed time according to a never-to-be-broken covenant. Uh, A thousand years ago, during the reign of Victor, the oldest and strongest of the elders, the vampire lichen war began. And then 600 years ago, Craven set the Great Blaze, which killed Lucian, the leader of the lichens. Craven brought back a brand cut from Lucian's arm as proof of his death, and this deed earned Craven high favor with Victor, who put him in charge of their coven. The Great Blaze caused the lichens to scatter, and the vampire death dealers, who were armed with silver bullets and shuriken, have been picking lichens off one by one until very few remain. I think the shuriken is like these kind of ninja blades, like more modified to go deep in and penetrate the skin. At least that's what I'm, I'm aware of, because they use either the silver bullets in the movie to weaken or kill the lichens, and then they have these kind of ninja star weapons that they press a button and the spikes come out. And yeah, it looks really, really painful. Anywho, cut to the present time. There's three death dealers, one of them being Celine, and the other two, Regal and Nathaniel. So they're following two lichens into a subway station. Uh, but before that, they're kind of like stalking them. And two of them, Celine and Regal, I believe, are you know, watching from the very top of these very ancient looking, you know, Victorian buildings. I don't even know if that's the correct, like, what is it called? Comparison. But it almost looks like very cathedrally type buildings. I don't know. It's Europe. It's very European. You know, they have that, those amazing architectural, you know, buildings that have been that were built you know thousands of years ago so they're kind of up high up there watching these death um not death dealers they're watching the lichens head into the subway and Regal is taking pictures of the lichens and then then they go ahead and kind of like jump off it's pretty cool they they just leap off the ledge of where they were watching the lichens from and just land like it was like they were just taking a step off of st- like a stair like not even it's ridiculous anyways in the chaos um or no I'm sorry I'm getting ahead of myself so they followed the lichens into the s- subway station in an unnamed European city and a vir- a fiery a fiery gun battle starts in which Regal is killed One of the lichens gets away, and Nathaniel comes up missing. Uh, In the chaos, Selene makes two discoveries. One is that the lichens have devised an ultraviolet bullet that can kill vampires because that's what took Regal out. He was shot, and then she realized that his skin was glowing like a UV light 
underneath, like in, internally. So there was no chance of him surviving. The second thing she discovered is that there appears to be a large band of lichen, lichens amassing under the subway. So to get a little bit more in-depth in that, during the gun battle, like they're, them, you know, the lichens realize that they're being followed. That's what starts the, um, them having like, you know, a shootout in the subway. And Celine has managed to injure one of the lichens, but they both escape into the subway tunnel. And then Nathaniel goes after Ray's, who's kind of like Lucian's like second in command. So he's like big and burly and just like, you know, he's, he's going to be, when he transform, he's going to be a big lichen. So Nathaniel follows him into the subway tunnel and they quickly get into a battle. And that's where you really see the lichen for like the, the form of the lichen. You see the anatomy, you see the um, human lichen go from human to werewolf transformation. It's pretty quick, but it's still really cool to see. And that's when you get like a good visual of what they look like. And then they, you know, go at it. But clearly that's not a battle that Nathaniel's is going to win, obviously. So while they're doing that, Kate follows the injured lichen deeper into the subway and she's able to catch up to him quickly because he's you know he leaves a blood trail and she realizes that he managed to pick out the silver bullets that they that she you know shot into him Uh, but she quickly takes him out and then that's when she kind of hears like a group a, a large rather large group of just lichens roaring deep and so she follows the sound deeper into the tunnel and just as she's about to kind of like investigate further that's when Ray's comes and you can he's still in his lichen form so you can hear him fast approaching to Celine so she has to she has to escape before he gets there so she then hurries back to alert the vampires at Craven's luxurious mansion that sits on the outskirts of the city, but they're more interested in the clothing they are going to wear at tonight's formal party with the coven from across the great ocean in celebration of the upcoming awakening of Marcus by Amelia, who is the current reigning elder. Um, so she's the one, it's her time to be awake and rolling, and now it's going to be Marcus's turn, so everybody's gathering together to welcome him when he wakes up. Uh, not interested in their gaieties, Celine views some digital photos that Rigel took of the lichens and notices that they appear to have been following a human. Uh, and, and further computer searching, she re- uh, it reveals that the human is Michael Corvin, again played by Scott Speedman, an intern at a local hospital. So meanwhile, while this is all going on and Celine's doing her investigating... The wounded lichen has returned to the lichen den with the bad news that he lost the candidate he was tailing, as well as to have the silver bullets and stars dug out of his body so that he can regenerate. Uh, Celine decides to pay Michael Corvin's apartment a visit because she discovered that. However, just to do a little bit more in depth about that is 
is she's trying to convince Craven of her suspicions of there being a larger scale of lichens than what's what they're under the impression of being. And Craven, Craven, oh my God, I can't talk. Craven is not interested. He kind of brushes it off and is like, yeah, no way, whatever. And tells her that he expects her to be by his side when the coven, the rest of the coven arrive. But again, she's not interested in all of that. So she, you know, sneaks out the back and goes to pay Michael's apartment a visit. So while she's there snooping, she overhears a phone message about his involvement in some shootout. Now, now that further convinces Celine that she is right about the lichens stalking Michael. And she tries to intercept him, or I'm sorry, interrogate him, just as his apartment is starting to be raided by a pack of lichens. So while Celine holds them off, Michael escapes in the elevator, but the doors open to a face-to-face confrontation with Lucian, again played by Michael Sheen. The current leader, he's the current leader of the Lycans, and Celine attempts to shoot Lucian, but he is intent on biting Michael and spitting the blood into a vial, which he's going to take later to sing, sing or singe? Sing. I think it's sing. S-I-N-G-E. It's sing. Who is the Lycan doctor? who has been researching humans with the last name of Corvin. And so far, he, he's had negative results. So he he's going to analyze Michael's blood and pronounce it to be positive. And if you, again, if you haven't seen the movie, which is ridiculous, you'll, so, you'll soon find out why Michael's blood is so important and why the Lycans, especially Lucian, is going through this great big deal of trouble to obtain his blood. So Celine manages to rescue Michael and make a getaway in her car, but Celine has lost a lot of blood in her fight with the lichens, which is a lie. She didn't lose a lot of blood in her fight with the lichens. Lucian follows them like he can run extremely fast on foot. So he's able to catch up to the car that they're in and jumps on the hood or the roof. Yeah, the roof of the car. And he has this like sword kind of, you know, not shimmied. What's the word I want to say? Victoria, get it together. Um, he's got this sword kind of in his sleeve of his jacket. So it's kind of like a, a, a secret weapon that's kind of built into his jacket. So he's able to, you know, make it extend out. And then he uses that to hit her, like, right shoulder slash clavicle. And so she starts losing a lot of blood. And she passes out from the amount of blood that she loses. And then the car leaps into a river. And Michael is able to save her. And bind her wound um, before he passes out on himself because he hit his head pretty pretty good when the car hit, like, crashed into the river. So after some short time passes, uh, Celine awakens. She takes the unconscious uh, Michael back to the vampire's mansion, incurring the wrath of Craven. So he's pissed off because she's brought this random dude who's passed out 
into his house. And his only interest is to make Celine be his future queen and is jealous because she's so interested in this guy, Michael. Um, So he brings her into like, he takes her out of the room where Michael is still unconscious and trying to just, you know, talk some sense into her and, you know, just lay into her how upset he is and everything. And then Craven has this girl named Erica who is just obsessed with him and she's envious of his infatuation and his his love I don't know if you call it love but his desire to make Celine his queen because that's what she wants because she's completely like she's totally goo goo gaga for this guy Craven and you can tell he's clearly not interested in her and just uses her but she's beyond desperate and she's be willing to do anything to make herself look good for Craven. So while they're outside of the room talking, Erica's still in the room with Michael, kind of just admiring him and looking over him. And then he finally comes to and is face to face with her. And she realizes that Michael has been bitten and is becoming a lichen. So Erica leaps to the ceiling and starts hissing at him. Terrified, Michael jumps out a window and escapes the vampire's mansion. So although it is forbidden to delve into the past, Celine decides to do a little reading about the history of the vampire like in war, particularly the chapter on the fall of Lucian. She notices that the Lucian in one of the pictures is wearing the same medallion that she noticed the current Lucian wearing during the fight at Michael's apartment. And you'll soon realize as we get deeper or more into the other movies how significant and important this medallion is. Um, so, yeah, just just keep an ear out for it. You know, growing suspicious because the Lucian that is in the pictures, his, you know, facial features and all that, he looks just like the Lucian that he she ran into at Michael's apartment. So she starts to question, could he and Lucian, the Lucian that Craven supposedly killed 600 years ago, be one and the same? Also, could Craven and Lucian be conspiring together? And could the fact that the Lycans are amassing near the vampire coven, you know, be leading to an attack on the vampires? So when Erica informs Celine that Michael has been bitten and is turning into a lichen, Celine is just, she's, she does, has no care in the world for Erica and is just done with her. And so against the covenant rules, Celine decides to awaken Victor and ask for his guidance, which is a big no-no because like I mentioned before, Amelia is the one, is the current elder who's in charge and they're gathering soon at the mansion to begin the awakening process for Marcus. It is nowhere near Victor's turn to be awakened and ruling again. So she's about to fuck up a cycle that hasn't been disturbed for like thousands of years. But considering the suspicions 
that she has, it's understandable. Just going to have to wait and see if Victor thinks it's understandable. Anyways, so Michael has begun having hallucinations. He wants to know what is happening to him. So after he escapes the mansion, he runs back to the, the hospital where he interns at. And he's having his fellow intern slash friend, you know, help clean his bite wound while he's trying to explain and make sense of everything that has just happened within the last, I don't know, 24 hours, not even. And his friend is kind of like, you know, dude, you're fucking crazy. Like, you really think, you know, all the things that he's telling him, his friend is just like, okay, dude, like, whatever. Uh, so the, his fellow intern, you know, leaves alone for a minute and says, you know, he's going to help him out. But he goes to get these two officers who are really lichens and they're posing as officers because uh, they had come by earlier, you know, wanting, trying to find him. And told the guy, say, hey, if he, you see him, let us know. He's in a little bit of trouble. We're just trying to help him out. So that's what he does because, you know, he thinks he's being a good friend. Wrong. So Michael just happens to look through the window of the door that leads to where his friend is talking with the cops. So he then books it and, like, jumps out one of the hospital windows and escapes just before the cops come after him. So he decides to to go back to the mansion and demands for Celine to come out and talk to him because, again, he's having all these hallucinations and he's just trying to understand what the heck is going on, especially everything that's happening to him. You know, he's not feeling quite himself, obviously, so Celine decides she, you know, again, denies or not denies. She breaks Craven's rules and his request demands more like not request his demands for her to stay and not go after Michael. But of course, it's Celine. So she does the opposite and she decides to take Michael to their lichen interrogation room in the city so that he can hide for the night. She does also she gives him some really good news you guys like this is really good news he can really use this good news she confirms that he has been bitten by a lichen and during the next full moon which is the next the following night he will turn into one isn't that such great news you guys i'd be excited just kidding the way they make this like transformation into werewolves actually any kind of movie of a human being turned into a werewolf the process the transformation process like in the beginning is not doesn't look comfortable yeah doesn't look comfortable it's cool but it's, it's very painful anyways she proceeds to tell him that the hallucinations that he's having are memories passed on to him from lucian when michael asks um, celine why she cares what's happening to him he asks her, you know, do you intend to bite me too? And she explains that the lichens virus and the vampire virus are incompatible and no one has ever survived a bite by both species. Oh, so when Michael asks her why she hates lichens so much, she tells him how the lichens were the ones who slaughtered her entire family and how Victor arrived just in time, how convenient, to save her from the same fate. 
Victor then decided to make her a vampire and raise her like his own daughter. And Celine then handcuffs Michael to a chair, gives him a gun with silver bullets, and advises him to use it on himself if she isn't back by tomorrow night. She's so thoughtful. Okay, so Celine then rushes back to the mansion because, remember, she decided to awaken Victor. So she goes back to the mansion. Victor, played by Bill Nye? No, not Bill Nye. Bill Nye? I don't know. But it's not Bill Nye the science guy, okay? So don't try to be like, what? He's in. The, he's a vampire? No. It's Bill Nye. If I'm wrong, correct me. I have no shame. If you correct me, whatever. But if you've seen the movie, which you should have because it came out in fucking 2003, then you know who I'm talking about. Anyways, moving on. Victor is fully awakened and is being briefed by Craven. When Victor learns that he's been awakened a full century, oh, she fucked up, yeah, a full century ahead of schedule, he is livid, which is understandable. Not even Celine's attempt to explain her findings appease him. And in fact, Victor basically tells Celine to let Craven handle this and that she will be judged by the council for breaking the covenant. Craven then locks Celine in her room like a child. Anyways, the next night, it is the night of the full moon and it's time for Amelia's train to arrive and Craven has ordered Soren, uh, his right-hand man basically, and his team to fetch her. She's like, oh, come on now, fetch? Come on. No, to to gather her up. Or, no, <laughs> that sounds worse. No. Just to go pick her up, okay? Doesn't fetch, doesn't gather. He just sends his team to go and get her. And the council members. Erica, who has wanted to be Craven, like I mentioned before, she's wanted to be Craven's mate for a long time. So she decides to cut the power to the main gate because at this point, as much as Celine has fucked up and attempt to not frame Craven, but prove that Craven has been lying and manipulating the elders and the coven for over 600 years. He still wants her. Like, she, he still wants her to be his queen. Like, I don't get it. Like, dude, get the fucking picture. She don't want your ass. Like, go with Erica, but no. And that just pisses Erica off even more and motivates her to cut the power so she cuts the power to the mansion and because she's obsessed with Craven and it allows Celine to run to Michael uh, Celine releases Michael but they are then attacked by lichens who are bombarding who you know found out where they've been hiding him or she's been hiding him and uh, Celine stays to fight while Michael jumps out a window to escape when Michael lands on his feet, some five or six stories below, he is immediately captured by Lycans posing as cops, the same ones that were at the hospital that the friend who thought he was being a friend was calling. So on the way to the Lycan den, Michael begins to change because it's the full moon. Uh, the Lycans then pull over and they dose Michael with an enzyme to help 
slow down his his transformation. So after Celine has, you know, successfully not beat everybody. She's she's successfully taken out the lichens that were trying to ambush her at the secret, you know, interrogation building that they were at. But she upon looking over the dead lichen body, she discovers that Singh is still alive. So she then decides to take him and bring him to Victor, where Singh is forced to explain how for years the lichens have been trying to combine the bloodlines. They've been testing descendants of Alexander Cor- Alexander Corvinus. So this is the little backstory on why they're trying to, they're so adamant, you know, in particular Lucian is adamant on getting Michael's blood. So this Alexander Corvinus... He's a 5th century Hungarian warlord who was the sole survivor of a plague that ravaged his village and turned him into the first immortal. And then from Corvinus's offspring, he had three kids. Two of them I know are sons. One, which one became the vampire line. So that's Marcus. And then the other one became the lichen line. And then the, the third child remained human, but carried the imprint of the original immortality virus hidden in its genetic code in dormant form and passed down through the ages to Michael Corbin. Lucian plans to inject himself with blood taken from Michael and from a powerful vampire elder, creating a hybrid, both lichen and vampire, but stronger than both. So... While this is all going on, a group of vampires are concerned that Amelia has not yet arrived. And so they decide to go and find out what's taking so long. There they find that Amelia and the council members have all been assassinated and having been bitten by the lichens. In addition, Amelia's blood has been completely drained. And when Victor finds out, he orders Celine to kill Michael which you can see in Celine's eyes when he says this. She's like, oh no, you know, not him, my little pet. But yes, that's, I mean, it makes sense. Michael is the source of the bloodline, so you have to take him out in order to stop Lucian's plans. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Meanwhile, Michael is being held at the Lycan Den, where his visions have suddenly become clear and he now knows what started the vampire lichen war, uh, which many years ago, lichens were the Renfields for vampires. But it was, it was basically slaves. I don't know why they say them. they're slaves. They were slaves for the vampires. They were kind of like their watchdogs while the vampires slept because, you know, they couldn't go out in the daylight. But it was forbidden for bam- vampires and lichens to fraternize aka hook up so lucian and victor's daughter sonia fell in love and mated thus creating a hybrid child that victor would not allow so victor placed sonia his own daughter in the sun where she burnt to a crisp while lucian was made to watch Uh, once michael comes to and tells him you know tells lucian that he knows what started the war Lucian proceeds to tell him, you know, Victor burnt his own daughter just for loving me. 
And Victor has spent the last 600 years exterminating the lichen species so the bloodlines will never blend. Craven knows he's been found out, and he was indeed in league with Lucian. Together they planned Lucian's death 600 years ago so that Lucian could lay low, and now the agreement is for Craven to gain control of both covens by obtaining an ironclad peace treaty with the Lycans while Lucian gets revenge on Victor. But obviously this is now slowly falling apart thanks to Celine. Um, so time to knock off a few main characters. The vampires, along with Celine, Khan, and Victor, storm the Lycan den in a clim climatic battle. And just to give you a little... Um, like 411 on this vampire Khan, he is basically the armory. He's in charge of the armory. He's the one that creates the weapons for the vampires and is continuously trying to improve their, the science behind like making the weapons to, you know, to best take out the lichens. I don't know why that was so hard to get out. Anyways, that's his job. So they all storm the Lycan den. Craven shoots Lucian with a silver nitrate bullet, uh, which is has silver in liquid form, so that it will go into directly into the Lycan's bloodstream and cannot be dug out. So they took the this the, the what is it called? So you know, Celine brought back the UV bullets that the lichens were using on the vampires and they were able to use that technology and and use you know the science that the the lichens had created and use it against them so that's pretty cool but yeah anyways michael's trying to escape and he is also shot by craven as michael lays oozing silver nitrate from his wounds Craven tells Celine the true story about her dark father, in quotes, end quotes, Victor. Her family wasn't killed by Lycans, but by Victor himself. And he goes on to say that it seems like Victor didn't like the taste of livestock very much. So I guess that's what they were trying to, how they were trying to sustain their urge to feed on humans. So he decided to indulge on a village of people you know just a small tiny village nobody would notice so once in a while he would engorge himself on human blood since Celine reminded him so much of Sonia he spared her and raised her as his own which this information is leaving Celine completely stunned so then Craven does, demands that Celine go with him but she refuses and as he's about to shoot Michael again the dying Lucian runs that good old sword hidden up his sleeve through Craven's leg and tells Celine to bite Michael. And she then again, you know, kind of remembers what Singh was telling her and Victor about there being half vampire, half lichen that's stronger than both. So Celine does it. Craven finishes off Lucian and. Before he can, you know, try to take Celine, he sees Victor off in the distance, you know, fast approaching. So 
he just decides to bounce it with without her. So Michael turns into a hybrid, and after Michael and Victor have a bit of a battle, Celine jumps in, cuts off Victor's head. Celine flees the scene of the battle and is now become the hunted by both her people and the lichens. So that is Underworld. Um, I'm just going to go right into the uh, discussion and review for the second one and, and at the end then go into the lichens. Just kind of just keep the momentum going of all three movies and then do like a discussion at the end. All right. So Underworld Evolution opens with Vampire Celine, again, played by Kate Beckinsale, recapping the events that happened in the first movie, Underworld. Celine is a Hungarian vampire who had been a death dealer for the vampire, the vampire clan throughout Europe for 600 years when she was betrayed. She explains how Craven, the ruler of the vampire clan, former a secret, formed a secret alliance with Lucian, ruler of the Lycan clan, and when the Lycans found a third bloodline that also descended from the ancestor Alexander Corvinus, they tracked down the descendant, Michael Corvin, and turned him into a Lycan. After a big fight between the Lycans and vampires, Lucian was killed by Craven. Before Michael died, however, Lucian told Selene to bite Michael, and she did. Thus, Selene turned Michael into the first hybrid. Selene then beheaded the elder Victor, and she and Michael went into hiding. So, with the two of the three vampire elders destroyed, Selene's only hope is to awaken the last remaining elder, Marcus, who is still in hibernation, and expose the truth before Craven can kill Marcus. She only thinks he's still in hibernation, but. We'll get to that. So Celine decides to hide Michael in a safe house and heads over to the vampire mansion to plead her case. Unfortunately, Craven has already attempted to awaken Marcus, who has morphed into some sort of bat-like creature. Um, so this happened because at the end of Underworld, you know, it goes back to the room where all the elders coffins are kind of like built into the floor of that room and the way it's kind of set up is they kind of use this device to turn and the floor you know shifts and allows the coffin to rise up so obviously victor's dead he was awakened half a century before his time to rule amelia was drained by the lichens and so that left Marcus, the only one left in hibernation. But how he turned into this other kind of hybrid is when Singh was captured by Celine and brought back to Victor to prove her suspicions on Craven betraying the coven and forming an alliance with Lucian. So before Victor and Celine go after Craven, who had escaped while Singh was, you know, selling him out. Uh, Victor kills Singh or finishes him off, you know, in with anger after discovering all this crap. And so nobody decided to clean up 
this dead guy, this dead lichen. So his blood is completely like flooding the floor. And because the floor is not just a floor, it serves as one big giant coffin for these three coffins for the elders. So the blood has been seeping through the ground and making its way into Marcus's coffin, thus into his mouth, and he wakes up. So that's how Underworld ends. But then in that kind of shows you where it was leading in the second movie. So that's how he became this new hybrid, kind of like Michael, but not only because I think it's because he he's an elder so his blood's older or I don't know I think that's just part of the reason why he didn't completely turn into a hybrid like Michael and he got these cool you know bat wings because he's an elder so his blood's more pure I don't know so Marcus kills Craven as well as all of the other vampires in the mansion and by drinking Craven's blood Marcus has learned everything that has transpired while he was in hibernation, including the making of Michael into a hybrid. Marcus then locates the safe house in which Michael is hiding, but Michael decided to not stay in hiding and has gone out for a bite to eat because, you know, he can do that. So after downing half a plate of potatoes and cabbage, because... That just sounds delicious. He begins to, well, his body begins to reject the food because he's not human. Hello. Hence being half vampire, he needs to feed on blood. So his body's rejecting it. He's like regurgitating it, throwing it up. Suddenly, uh, there's a, a TV in the restaurant that he's eating at now throwing up at and there's a news flash and it's shown it shows him on the television so several of the restaurant patrons try to hold him with their guns but michael of course escapes because he then starts to shift into you know his hybrid form celine realizes that michael is gone and hears you know commotion and gunfire in the distance and and goes after him Michael has been shot several times and is in need of blood, so Celine makes him drink some of hers. So as they start making their way back to the safe house, Marcus flies in, and he, he I just thought that was funny, Marcus flies in. Um, he attempts to drink from Celine uh, in order to gain her memories and knowledge, but Michael pumps a few bullets into him, and Celine and Michael are able to steal a truck and outrun Marcus, who flies behind them. Uh, so suddenly Celine notices the sun is about to rise, So and she needs to get, you know, Marcus off her tail. So Michael decides to, you know, he forms into his hybrid self, and he jumps in the back of the truck and, you know, starts battling it out with Marcus, and then um, Celine's able to pin Marcus or kind of like drag him on the side of this cliff or like mountain and just basically shreds up his wings and 
completely injures him. So they finally escape Marcus and with the sun, you know, slowly creeping up, Michael helps her drive the truck into a warehouse and darkens the windows with paint and the two of them hole up from, for the day, uh, which, you know, leads to a big love scene as they give into their passion and they both have sex for the first time. Not the first time, but they just were the first time for them both together. Gosh. And just for a little parental discretion, should you parents out there listening decide to, you know, let your kids watch this movie, maybe the first one, the first Underworld is okay for them to watch. However, the second one, because of this love scene, it's very graphic. Not graphic. Well, yeah, it's graphic. I mean, you don't see really any body parts, but it's just, I mean, just viewer discretion advised, okay? You know, you have little ones. Might want to make sure they're put in bed first before you put on the movie. Just saying. Anyways, after sunset, Celine and Michael go looking for uh, another vampire called uh, named Andreas Tanis. He's also a vampire and he's an exiled historian of vampire history. In order to get him to identify a pendant necklace that has been in Celine's possession since childhood. Celine learns from Tanis that the pendant is actually a key to, to lichen William's prison. So remember William is the original lichen from Alexander Corvinus. He's the son and he's the first kind of lichen line. He starts that lichen line. So he, William's in prison. It's a place that was built by Celine's father. So now Celine is learned that the truth about the slaughter of her family, Victor did it to keep anyone from knowing William's whereabouts. And Celine is the only one left who might remember where William's prison is located. And that memory is locked in her subconscious. And this is exactly the reason why Marcus wants her blood, so that he can find William. Uh, Victor didn't fear William and Marcus's lives when he ordered William in prison for all of eternity. The thing that he feared was that destroying William would destroy the entire Lycan bloodline, thus leaving the vampires without slaves. Uh, so Tannis arranges a meeting between Celine and Lorenz Macaro, the only one who may have the power to stop Marcus. Uh, before Celine and Michael can go to Lorenz, um, Macaro, Marcus gets to Tannis and learns that there were, they were, there were actually two keys, the one with Celine and the other that was sewed inside Victor's chest slash abdomen. Ew. So that key was removed by Alexander Corvinus upon Victor's death. Lorenz Macaro turned out to be Alexander Corvinus. Celine then begs him to help her stop Marcus, but he refuses to kill his own son. And then suddenly Marcus appears. Michael, you know, transforms into his hybrid self, tries to fight him, but Marcus impales Michael through the chest and takes Celine's key that Michael was holding at the time. Celine shoots Marcus, who flies off. Uh, she's then trying to remove 
the impalement from Michael's chest and then, you know, drain her own blood over the gaping wound. But unfortunately, Michael's dead. Or is he? So Marcus uh, goes back and runs a sword through his father and takes the key that his father took from Victor's chest. Marcus is now in possession of both keys. And as Alexander lays dying, he slits his wrist and makes Celine drink his blood in order to pass on the legacy. And she then questions him, stating, what will I become? She asks, and he, you know, Alexander responds to the future. That's what she'll become, the future. As the helicopter takes off, carrying Celine, cradling Michael's body, Alexander blows himself up, which I don't know why he had to do that, but whatever. Dramatic effect, I guess. Now that Marcus has both keys, the knowledge and the knowledge of where the door lies, he opens it and finds William waiting. <laughs> I doubt he was, well, maybe he was waiting. Like, damn, took you long enough. Um, so yeah, William's just been chilling out in this kind of coffin-like cage. Uh, Celine then leads the helicopter to where she remembers a secret passage into the prison and enters. So, the, but However, the, this secret passage has, is now submerged underwater due to the rising ocean. So they're going to go for a little swim. Um, so she enters with, along with a few backups. Once in, they hear the roar of a werewolf and meet up with William. Celine fires at William just as Marcus appears. Celine fires at Marcus, slowing him down long enough to get through the open door. And she's able to snag the key that he had and decide and uses it to close this this kind of door but it goes down like a garage I don't know it's just a door but it doesn't close all the way because there's some fallen rocks on the ground but they can't see that because it's partly the room is partly submerged underwater but she thinks it's closed Marcus thinks it's closed so there you go um so she goes, uh, um, catches up with William and there, she's firing at him repeatedly and blows up the, ca the, the cavern in which they are located. And suddenly all the backups killed by William begin to turn into werewolves and converge on Celine. Meanwhile, back in the helicopter, Michael lives, um, you know, before this had happened, you know, when Michael was kind of refusing to accept who he was and go out and get a bite to eat, thinking that he can still eat human food, Celine had explained to him that he's unique and there's never been a hybrid before. So she doesn't know the extent of his abilities and powers. Obviously, you know, healing is, is one of them, you know, not dying is one of them either it's a combination of him just being able to regenerate but because of the wound being so big it took him a little bit longer than expected and maybe Celine pouring her blood into the wound could have helped and or sped up the regenerating process 
So then Michael leaps from the helicopter into the room that Celine is fighting William in and he, you know, helps her. William, however, or I'm sorry, however, Marcus has managed to get the door open and he too joins the fight. The first thing he does, though, is he grabs onto the rope that's hanging from the helicopter and brings it tumbling down into the cavern where it catches on like some, like a bridge and just other like rubble and is just kind of hanging there. Uh, the blades are still spinning as well. So now it's Michael against William and Celine against Marcus. Eventually, Michael manages to behead William and Celine shoves Marcus into the helicopter blade, uh, tearing him into pieces. But before she does that, he does manage to, like, injure her. He stabs her with what I didn't even notice was, like, a tail. And there's he's got, like, this blade-like tail, like, at the end. Kind of like a scorpion, kind of. But I don't know how to describe it. But he's got a tail. And he manages to stab her in the chest but because she has Alexander Corvinus's blood she's able to survive that kind of impalement herself and as she's you know pulling out his tail from her chest her eyes change from the typical like icy blue color and they turn into this creamy vanilla off-white color I don't know that's just what came to mind so Michael kills William Celine kills Marcus and as the sun comes up Celine realizes that she's no longer burned by the sunlight thanks to Alexander Corvinus's blood she and Michael enter each other's arms and embrace in a big kiss as the scene fades away from them and goes out into the ocean where Celine then again you hear her voice kind of narrating that she's you know with this newfound power and abilities she's looking to the future with new hope so that's how Underworld Evolution ends it's really good it, I like that how it just automatically picks up from where the first movie ended and just kind of ties it all in together, not leaving any loops out, you know, anything, any information or any kind of questions of like, oh, you know, I wish they said what happened here. The only thing, though, I will say, the only thing is I kind of wish they would have shown Erica getting her ass kicked and killed. But, you know, we can't always get what we want. But, hey. You can just assume when they say that Marcus destroyed the rest of the bears in the coven. So she obviously was among them. She just didn't get her own scene of being torn apart. Okay, so Underworld, Rise of the Lycans. It, the film begins with a voiceover monologue, again, by Vampire Celine, a.k.a. Kate Beckinsale telling the story of the Lycans and the vampires. It has been 20 years since the war between them has begun. 
set several years before the first Underworld movie. So Victor has built up an army of vampires to fight off the threat and has begun the process of exterminating the lichens. It appears that when someone is infected by a lichen, they transform into werewolves, but do not change back in to a person and appear to behave like vicious animals rather than people. However, one day in a cell prison, Victor hears the cries of a human child and investigates. What he discovers is a human child born of a lichen later named Lucian. So Victor contemplates killing this child, but cannot bring himself to do it because, you know, he's such a softy. Lucian then grows up and appears to be stronger and more focused than others of his kind. This is evident when Victor tests him by making him fight vampires. Victor decides to make more of Lucian's kind, the new lichen that have human form. Victor uses Lucian to make more like him by starving him and letting him feed on human slaves, which are the the slaves are ones that survived became, that became the new lichens, um, a new slave race to serving the vampires. The vampires think they have control of the lichens, but this may not be the case for long. So there's a little side note. There are two types of werewolves in this film. Ones that are permanently in wolf form and wild, and ones that can transform when it's a full moon and are in service to the vampires. So there's the werewolves, which can't change back to their human form and then there's lichens which who can so we cut to the present um there's a horseman uh, he's riding through the woods at night and he's being pursued or the horseman is being pursued by something at the castle victor is discussing politics and finances with his advisors coleman and orsova the werewolves have been attacking the human slaves, which Victor replies with some variation of, I don't give a shit. However, human slaves are their principal source of food and, in and income. The human nobility pay Victor for protection against the werewolves, so they have to take action and hunt down the creatures. So, cut back to the rider in the woods. The werewolves are pursuing the rider through a dark canyon but he's able to fight them off, but there are an increasingly larger number of them. And the situation looks grim, but as the writer approaches the castle, the other vampires are prepared. They arm huge crossbows and mow down the lichens. One of the werewolves lunges at the writer, but is killed midair by a crossbow bolt from Lucian, who is still serving the vampires. The writer then removes his helmet, and it turns out to be Sonia, who is less than grateful to Lucian for saving her life, and just bosses him around. Victor, on the other hand, believes in giving credit where credit is due. Victor asks Lucian if he minds killing his own kind, and he then replies that they are just animals and not his own kind. Lucian stares at Sonia, and Victor reminds Lucian that he is a servant and he needs to keep his eyes on the ground. 
Victor and Sonia continue to have a father-daughter spat because he wants her to stay in the castle and leave the werewolves to the death dealers. But Sonia is a great fighter and just very stubborn. So she's resistant to his request. Um, because she's Victor's daughter, she's also a council member. And Victor does not want her to come to harm and is grooming her to become an elder. But she's endangering her position on the council by being a renegade and disobeying Victor and missing council meetings. So back outside, Lucian is burning the corpse of the dead wolf, which he killed when it was chasing Sonia through the castle gates. As the corpse burns, it changes back into its human form. The other lichens are being whipped, beaten, and forced to work for the vampires. One of the vampire guards gets a little too enthusiastic with the whipping, and Lucian tells him to stop. The vampire takes this badly and calls Lucian a dog, and leaves angrily, stating that Lucian is Victor's favorite servant and holds some power in the workyard. And the other lichens seem to respect him. But duh, it's Lucian. Why would you not? Anyways, in the council chambers, Victor is speaking with the other with the other council members, Coleman and or- Orsoba, regarding how to handle the situation with the wolves. Victor doesn't think of it as much as such a big deal, but Coleman notes that the werewolves are killing humans, which is destroying their main food source. And although they don't seem to be killing off too many humans, the fact that the vampires of this region, they're losing their crop, which makes them look weak to the human nobles who give the vampires people for food and money and gold for protection. Coleman suggests letting the lichens patrol outside during the day, since obviously vampires can't do so. Victor is very much against the suggestion as it would be granting the lichens more freedom and increased risk of losing control. But Coleman suggests making a privileged class of lichens with better accommodations, rations, and status led by a lichen that they can trust, such as in. This way they will have one of the lichens controlling the others and have the ability to control the werewolves during the day. Victor is still against the idea, but because Sonia, once again, is not at the meeting to support him, he has no choice but to take the suggestion under advisement. The human nobles are going to arrive the next day, and Victor will have to make a decision soon. So outside, the work shift is over, and the lichens are herded back into their cages. Uh, Lucian sneaks off and gets into and goes into the sewers where he is taking passages and gets outside the castle, climbing up to a ruined um, kind of area where he meets up with Sonia. And it turns out that they have been lovers the whole time. And Sonia acts cruel to Lucian in public to prevent suspicion which is smart. Uh, They kiss rather passionately, as what two people in love. After some lovemaking, Lucian asks if Sonia would go with him if he leaves slash escapes. 
Sonia doesn't think it's possible as he would be hunted down by Victor and his army. But Lucian reveals a key that he has made to remove the collar on his neck. So all lichens in servitude have a collar with spikes pointing inward to prevent them from transforming. And if they do, they die from impaling themselves on the spikes. Sounds lovely. If Lucian can get out of the collar, he could he would be able to fight the vampires and escape. Um, but still, Sonia doesn't want Lucian to risk his life, but he believes that his kind should be equals, not slaves, as both lichens and vampires are descendants of the Corvinus bloodline, brothers that took different paths to immortality. So Sonia and Lucian decide to just leave the conversation at that. Um, when Sonia and Lucian part, they are spotted by Tannis, remember, the historian who was exiled. Um, he's one of Victor's lieutenants, and he's sent to watch over Sonia, but he realizes that Sonia and Lucian are having an affair, but doesn't tell Victor. So the human nobles arrive, and Sonia goes out to escort them in, and Lucian is worried and doesn't want her to go. Tannis has orders from Victor for Sonia to not leave the castle walls, but she just ignores him, as she does. Uh, as Sonia leaves, Tannis sees Lucian and subtly lets Lucian know that he knows their little secret. Um, so Sonia and more vampire guards arrive to escort the human nobles and their slaves, and they hear howling in the distance. Lucian hears the howling as well and knows that there are more uh, werewolves than Sonia and her men can handle. Lucian tries to warn the others, but no one listens to him, so he runs out to save Sonia, disobeying the orders and knocking out some guards along the way. So then it cuts back to Sonia, and the werewolves are pouring in from every direction. The vampires are holding them off, but they're just, they're just way too, too many. One of the human slaves appears to fight a werewolf and actually survives. And this ends up being Raze, who ends up, who's in the first film, but as a human in this one. Because again, it's a prequel. So if you don't remember, Raze was Lucian's basically right-hand man in the um, first Underworld. So Sonia is injured. But Lucian arrives in time and defends her. Lucian decides to use his key to open his collar so that he's able to transform. Once transformed, Lucian gives off a defending or deafening roar that drives off the werewolves. Raze sees this and appears impressed. Um, Victor and his men arrive and Lucian changes back to human form. It's forbidden for a slave lichen to transform, and Lucian is in huge trouble. He's, he's beaten and arrested, even though he saved Sonia's life, and that was his whole intent, not to escape. Um, so Sonia tries to plead with Victor, but gets nowhere. So back at the castle, Victor feels betrayed. Lucian is sentenced to a severe lashing by the same guard that he had angered earlier, so you know this guard is completely like hyped up to be the one delivering these whips to Lucian. Um, 
the whip is tipped with the huge hooks and tears up Lucian's back. Yeah, these they show them in the movie and they're legit like you do not want to get whipped with these like hook whips. And the actor Michael Sheen does such a good job at exuding that pain of what you can only imagine it would feel like to get those hooks on your backs not just getting the whips but these sharp hooks that are just shredding up his back so he does a really really good job of bringing that pain to life so as Lucian's getting whipped Sonia it hears Lucian scream of pain and is just completely devastated after his punishment, Lucian is dragged back into his cage next to a prison cell with the human slaves, uh, which happens to have Ray's in the cage next to Lucian. And he gives him some water to drink. Victor uh, goes back to Sonia and is a bit suspicious of her pleading to Victor to release Lucian. But she claims that she was just showing gratitude for saving his life as Victor had lectured her in the beginning of the movie. Seems understandable. It's like, you want her to be grateful, but then when she is, you get suspicious. Not that he's entirely wrong, but that's besides the point. Anyways, Lucian and Ray's uh, are talking, and Ray's notes that he saw what happened in the forest, that the werewolves appeared to obey Lucian when he transformed. Lucian begins talking of escaping, and having freedom and the human slaves although afraid are intrigued uh, just then Sonia appears and Lucian and tells her that he has to leave there's no one else that the two can trust except maybe for Tannis since he knows their secret but did not tell which means that he wants something so Lucian asks Sonia to speak to Tannis and figure out what he wants Meanwhile, um, Victor meets with the nobles who are expected to pay tribute for protection from the werewolves. Um, however, this year's tribute is low and Victor expects more due to increased attacks from the werewolves. One of the nobles is just completely fed up and proclaims that Victor and his army are losing their ground with the werewolves and can barely keep them from their own door. Victor then kills the nobleman and sustains control once again through fear. Down in the dungeons, uh, the vampires are amused by the sight of the lichens fighting with one another over the food given to them. Lucian can't take it anymore and this can't take it anymore and rallies the lichens for rebellion. In, back in Sonia's room, she has a flashback of Victor giving her a medallion, which was the same one featured in the first two films. Sonia goes to Tannis and, holding a dagger to his throat, asks him why he did not reveal the truth to Victor. Tannis then explains that Victor isn't good with taking bad news and that it is not yet time for him to use this information to his advantage. Tannis wants a council seat, and there are only 12 seats, and vampires don't die often which means that he cannot get into the council unless someone relinquishes their position, if not dies. Sonia then agrees to give Tannis her seat on the council for his help. 
after her meeting with Tannis, she goes back to um, Sonia goes back to Lucian and tells him that Victor plans to execute him the next evening and that he has to leave at dawn if he is to survive. So they agree to meet in the forest in three days. And as Tennis walks by, he tosses a collar key to Lucian. The human slaves are brought out and are purposefully bitten by a transformed lichen to change them into lichens so that they can serve as slaves and guards for the vampires. Lucian talks to the newly transformed lichen, lichens, including Rays, and talks them into joining him in escaping slash revolting. So as the guard, the one who whipped Lucian, comes in to check on the slaves, Lucian removes his collar and transforms and just completely shreds him to pieces. The slaves then break free, subdue their guards, and make a break for it. However, the guards notice this pretty quickly and turn their crossbows on lichens. Many of the lichens are killed before getting very far and many others are separated by a barrage of arrows. Lucian has no choice but to escape with the few slaves that got free, but vows to return for the others. Lucian continues to charge outward, running into two vampires and throwing them and himself out a window and out into the open. As they are falling from the top of the castle, the guards turn into dust because it's daytime and Lucian lands safely on the ground the few other lichens follow Lucian and make their escape. Victor is rather angry and notices that the collars were unlocked and he had given the Tannis, he had given the Tannis, he given Tannis the key that Lucian had made and believes that Tannis has betrayed him. But Tannis claims that he had locked the key in the armory and asks Victor to check to prove his innocence. Because at this point, Victor is like, no, you betrayed me. I don't care what you say. You're dead. But Tannis is able to convince him to let him prove himself innocent. So back outside, Lucian and the four other lichens have made it to the surrounding forest. But instead of fleeing, Lucian plans to return to the castle to save the rest of the lichens that fell behind. They have no weapons and are few in number, so Lucian asks Rays to lead him back to the nobleman's estates so they can get the supplies and soldiers that they need. At the castle armory, Tannis finds the key that he had put away, and which leads Victor to believe that Lucian must have made another one, and Tannis luckily gets off the hook. So cut back to Lucian and the other Lycans. Lucian has freed the human slaves that belong to the nobleman, which is the one that Victor had killed. Lucian then asks them to volunteer to help them, and if they choose to, he will grant them immortality through becoming a lichen. So the freed slaves agree, and they prepare for battle, making weapons and armory themselves. Lucian sends Rays to the other estates to recruit more soldiers. So back at the castle... Victor is pacing about and steps over a loose metal crate. Great. Did I say crate? Great. G-R-A-T-E. Great. <laughs> the same one Lucian used to sneak out and meet with Sonia. So he decides to follow the passageway to Sonia and Lucian's secret meeting place and kind of puts two and two together. How he does that, I don't know. 
back to Lucian, he heads into the woods and meets slash recruits the werewolves. The wolves luckily don't attack Lucian and seem to listen to him. Um, then it goes back to Victor and he goes to Sonia's room and questions her about Lucian's escape. Victor doesn't believe her and ambushes her and drinks her blood to see her memories. And Victor goes into a complete freak out, freak out as he realizes that his daughter had betrayed him. And thus Sonia is imprisoned in her chambers and Victor storms out. Back at the Lycan camp, Sonia is supposed to meet Lucian, but her absence worries him. Lucian insists on waiting for her, but the others do not want to wait because the longer they wait, the more likely they will be found, which is understandable. Uh, back at the castle, the council have found out that Lucian is rallying the slaves and making more lichens, and the, the council pressures Victor to do something about Lucian. Victor knows that Lucian will return for Sonia and just prepares for the inevitable attack. Victor sends one of his of Sonia's friends to tell Lucian that Sonia will be executed soon, which Lucian knows it is a trap, but decides to head back to the to the castle, the castle, the castle alone anyways, and he gives Ray's command of the troops of both the lichens and the werewolves. So during the night, Lucian sneaks back into the castle, dispatching the guards one by one. He reaches Sonia and they attempt to escape together. However, as Lucian and Sonia run through the sewers, they encounter heavy resistance. And up top, Victor and his men are pouring oil into the sewers and setting the tunnels on fire, which is kind of causing Lucian and Sonia to be surrounded by these flames, um, which forces them to jump through a small hole in the ceiling and battle the vampires. Lucian is outnumbered and is getting completely getting his ass kicked, basically. Um, however, Sonia is doing a great job fighting them off, partly because they want her alive. Um, Victor then comes in and fights Sonia, and she has no choice but to defeat her father. She then pleads for Victor to release Lucian for the sake of her child, because she is pregnant with Lucian's child. Victor grabs Sonia's dagger and subdues her. Victor sees this child as an abomination and believes that he has no choice but to punish her as well. Lucian completely regrets escaping, but Sonia tells him that it is not his fault and that the choices are her to make. So Sonia and Lucian are dragged out for a trial. The guards shoot two silver arrows into Lucian's back so that he can't transform. And Sonia is convicted of treason by the council, and even Victor declares Sonia as guilty, even though it visibly pains him to do so. No, it doesn't. It's a lie. Uh, Lucian pleads with Victor to release Sonia, but it's no use. Sonia and Lucian are brought into a chamber where Sonia is strung up on a pillar and forced to watch as Lucian is chained and whipped severely, once again, by those crazy, crazy hooks oh god can't even imagine anyways the whipping ends and all the vampires leave it will be dawn soon and sonia is to be executed by sunlight 
So the ceiling opens up and Lucian tries to break free to save her, but cannot because he still has the two silver arrowheads buried in his back. Sonia says goodbye and is instantly fried by the sunlight. Victor, meanwhile, Victor is grieving rather heavily as well. No, he's not. It's a lie. Whatever. He's over it. It's like a quick, it's like a tear. Not even tears, a tear. Anyways, at sunset, Lucian is still chained to the floors of the sunlight execution room. Victor comes in to see the remains of his daughter, but does not notice the full moon. Lucian is furious at Victor, and the moonlight gives him the strength that he needs to force the arrowheads from his back and transform himself into a lichen. He then breaks free, grabs Sonia's medallion, and tries to escape. However, Lucian is just being completely bombarded with arrows and is severely injured, but uh, fortunately he is able to let off a vicious roar, which is signaling his men before weakening and returning to human form. Uh, Victor gets his knife and is prepared to kill Lucian, but notices that something is approaching, which ends up being a horde of lichens and werewolves charging towards the castle together. The vampires... You know, man their crossbows and fire, but there are just too many of them. And the werewolves climb up the walls easily and quickly overrun the vampires. Raze finds Lucian and helps him take out the arrows that he's been hit with. Lucian then tells Raze to free the others, which he does. And he gives them the key to their collars. The lichens transform and fight their way out. Victor gets Tannis to retrieve the other eld elders. God, I can't talk. <laughs> he gets Tannis to retrieve the other elders, which are still hibernating in their coffins because, again, as you remember, they have a system, which is a leapfrog system, until Celine fucked it up. But anyways, we already discussed that. So then he heads out to face the lichens. Victor proves to be a very powerful warrior and takes down many lichens. However, Lucian spots Victor and heads right for him. And as Lucian is making his way through the crowds of lichens attacking vampires, Victor runs off like a little bitch. So Victor gets Tennis to retrieve the other elders. Um, and... As Lucian is trying to make his way to Victor, he escapes down in the sewers. Uh, Tannis has the elders in a boat and is rowing them to safety. Lucian is up with Victor and they embark in the battle. Uh, both of them fall into a pit hanging from chains. Uh, Lucian is able to weaken Victor with sunlight as he broke a hole through the wall and ties him up with the chains. Victor then says he should have killed Lucian long ago, but is interrupted by a sword through his mouth. Lucian, thinking that he has killed Victor, tosses his chained body into the water. Outside, Raze claims that it's finished, they've won, but Lucian says that it's just the beginning. This is the beginning of the second vampire-lichen war. On the ship off the coast, which is behind the castle... Victor has been recovered by Tannis and is put into his coffin to sleep slash recover while the next elder reigns over the vampires. The film ends with the first minute of the first film with Craven, with Craven's speech to Celine revealing that Victor had killed her family and that he kept her alive because she remained him, remained him, oh my God, 
reminded him of his daughter. And that is it, you guys. That is the trilogy of Underworld. I hope you like the review, this discussion, you know, the summary. Hopefully you guys were able to follow along and understand. Uh, Most of you will if you've seen it. Others, you know, if you haven't seen it, go see the movie. I, I like the how they kept the the theme of the movie you know they really kept to the darkness so that you can see how the vampires you know live in the night and um yeah I just liked everything about it underworld underworld evolution and rise of the lichens like I said they should have just really ended this franchise with those three movies because you kind of just get lost or the story just gets lost in the fourth and fifth one did I still watch the fourth and fifth one obviously yes because I am a fan and I was still holding out hope that they might find a way to bring Michael back but sadly they didn't and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and it was the movies were good they weren't exactly terrible but just the storyline just completely lost to me so um if you guys haven't seen these movies see them if you've only seen one and two see rise of the lichens it's really good and if you're really filling up to it you can you know watch four and five maybe you'll like it maybe you'll get it you know you'll be into it and think that they fit well to the first three movies but it just wasn't the case for me so again let me know what you guys think comment on my instagram happy hour with victabulous or my twitter at hhr victabulous or send me an email happy hour victabulous at hotmail.com don't forget to follow me on spotify um hopefully in the next few episodes i will be adding my podcast to itunes And when that does happen, I will let you know. Um, Hopefully we can get that going soon. And as for uh, next week's episode, I'm going to switch it up a little bit and take a break from movies. And I'm going to do a TV show uh, discussion review. You guys probably heard of it. It's called Stranger Things. I'm a huge fan, as I'm sure majority of you guys are. It's just a really great it's got a great throwback feel you know definitely 80s vibes with the music the hair the style the lingo it's it's just really really good and I think I might try to have a few guests on to partake in discussion you know I feel like it's a bit more safe to allow having uh guests on now so hopefully I'll be able to start incorporating Um, guests here and there on certain episodes which I think will make the review and discussion more entertaining and just diverse so yeah Um, so be sure to tune in next Friday I hope you guys have a really good weekend again be safe you know follow the rules keep your six feet social distancing but you know get out there and, 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 and enjoy this beautiful weather that we're having and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode uh talk to you soon bye